Paul Bunyan returns home to Ann Arbor for the first time in two years. Michigan, through running the football, kicking field goals, and not punting, an amazing defensive play, especially in the realm of run defense, forced Michigan State into an uncomfortable position and eventually wore down a Spartan defense that played a very stout brand of football. We'll get into this a little later, but this is the most impressed I have been by Michigan State's defense in the Mel Tucker era, probably. Holding Michigan to 29 points when Michigan State's offense couldn't do anything the entire game was was just very impressive. And it goes to show that Michigan State, this has really been the first time since their first two games that their defense has been overall healthy, really the first time since the Western Michigan game, and it showed. It was just at the end of the day, poor offensive line play, poor play calling on offense, just poor play overall. Michigan was the superior opponent. And even though Michigan started off slow, like they usually did, and Michigan State, they're not a quick starting team this year either, but they start fast always against Michigan, and they started fast against Michigan. The score was 7-3 to Michigan State at the end of the first quarter. Keon Coleman had 155 receiving yards and had one receiving touchdown of 26 yards. The only points that Sparty put up on the board were by Keon Coleman and Peyton Thorne. Thorne on that play lobbing it up. Thorne did that a few times to Coleman where it was a 50-50 ball, took the risk, and Coleman with just... Big physical attributes, 6'4", 210 pounds, went up there, and he did his job. Very good wide receiver, 548 receiving yards on the year, six receiving touchdowns on 36 receptions. What a player. The problem is, you can't just have one good player or a few good players overall. I say a few because MSU has other guys like Jacoby Winman, Simeon Barrow, Jacob Slade. Peyton Thorne, I thought, even played a decent brand of football. The issue is you just, that's not enough. It's not enough against Michigan, who's a top four team, who's basically a unanimous top four, top five team nationally now. The Michigan Wolverines are 8-0, 5-0 in conference. They're undefeated in the months of September and October. Michigan State's 3-5, 1-4 in conference, and they are very likely now going to miss a bowl game or at least make one with a 6-6 six and six record. At this point, Michigan State's goal is to just reach a bowl game, finish the season by going to the postseason, or finishing with a, a, a 500 record or above is really what you want if you are the Michigan State Spartans here. Michigan... All their hopes for going to the playoff, for winning the Big Ten, for winning the national championship are still intact. This game was a game that was physical. It was pretty slow-paced. It was a defensive football game. Jake Moody kicking five field goals. Five total field goals, three total touchdowns. MSU had one touchdown. Michigan had two. Michigan had all five field goals. Jake Moody going five of five with a long of 54. This game very much reminded me of the 2018 Indiana game as a Michigan fan. 
a game where, you know, Michigan State, like Indiana that year, brought their all. And it wasn't enough, but they still brought their all. They were physical. They were mean. They, I mean, they did their best job. And kudos to them because three and four, one and three in conference coming into the, the big house and a much superior opponent like Michigan and striking first and early, keeping Michigan, really keeping Michigan within striking distance until that punt, a very high snap that Bryce Beringer couldn't bring down, and there was no way he could have. That was an insanely high snap. That really was the point where you could say, oh, this game's over. So Michigan State keeping Michigan within striking distance the whole game, it just wasn't enough. Michigan State was 2 of 11 on third down, 1 of 4 on fourth down. They had seven penalties for 75 yards. Their team was undisciplined, just call it that. And the penalties on the field and the fight, like 10 Michigan State players beating up one Michigan player. I saw that video a few times. I mean, this Michigan State team is just, it's been that way this year. This game, I think, because it's the rivalry game, and you saw that with both sides. It brought out the more undisciplined, angry sides of both teams. But for Michigan State especially, being a team that hasn't been disciplined all year, it really showed on and off the field. And that's just my opinion. It's all I'm saying. 29-7. to As a Michigan fan myself, I like that we beat the Spartans. We beat them by 22 points. We didn't cover the spread, but 22 points is a lot. I'm not, I'm just not happy with the red zone performances. And we'll get into that. Really, just looking at this game, Michigan's defense is real. Their offense still has questions, though. And part of that is because Michigan State's defense did play a phenomenal game. This defense, I have not seen a Mel Tucker defense perform this well. Like This was bend-but-don't-break defense at peak performance. The bend-but-don't-break defense played... They played better in this game than they did last year's game versus Michigan. The difference, of course, was the offensive output, play-calling, efficiency, a lot of that being attributed, of course, to Kenneth Walker, who's having a lot of... Of success in the pros. Uh, just further proof, in my opinion, that the guy should have either won the Heisman Trophy or at minimum should have been in the ceremony in New York. But holding Michigan to five field goals and just two touchdowns, it's a really good effort. And a lot of that, I want to give credit to Michigan State, a lot of that had to do with Michigan State. They tackled well. Xavier Henderson had his best game in a while. He had his healthiest game. Kendall Brooks had a good game with three tackles for loss. Jacoby Winman and Cal Halliday led the team in tackles. Halliday with 13, Winman with 12, and Halliday with a QB hurry. Michigan State's defense did a great job, and part of that did force Michigan's offense into some, some issues. But also, Michigan's offense still does have questions. J.J. McCarthy in his past two games has not had a very good hasn't had a very good passer rating at all. I think his passer rating over the past two games has been hovering at about about a 120 passer rating, like 120-130 passer rating. His rating overall is a 164.5 right now, which is still 
it's still phenomenal. And yeah, 129.3 against Michigan State, 113.3 versus Penn State. His QB rating has been hanging around a 70 in both of those games, and a 70 QB rating is very good. And that, unlike passer rating, factors in decision-making, also factors in rushing yards. He had a total of 107 rushing yards on 14 attempts in the Michigan State and Penn State game. So Michigan, on offense, they have trouble in the red zone. They have trouble running it in the red zone. They have trouble passing it in the red zone. And that's not going to work against Ohio State because a game that I'm going to talk about later, like in the next 24 hours, Ohio State was able to score 28 points in one, one quarter versus Penn State. Not even Michigan was able to do that against Penn State. And yes, Penn State played a closer game against Ohio State than Michigan did. Penn State was leading in this game entering the like in the fourth quarter, like midway or close to midway through the fourth quarter, Penn State led it 21 to 16. And I just I look at Ohio State and what they can do, not just on offense but on defense, the way Michigan plays in the red zone it has to improve. Either it has to improve it has to improve if Michigan wants to win a national championship. If they want to beat Ohio State, they might be able to just get away with it if their defense plays the perfect game. But even then, Michigan's defense is real. I think it's an elite defense. A de- an elite defense, I don't even think an elite defense can shut down Ohio State's offense. It can limit it, but you can't shut down what Ohio State has with Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams, C.J. Stroud. Marvin Harrison, Emeka Ekbuka, you cannot shut down that. You just can't do it. Michigan State came with their best game, and it it wasn't enough. It was not enough, not even close. Peyton Thorne went 17 of 30 for 215 yards, one touchdown and one pick. He had a 72, he had a 74.5 QBR, which was better than his game against Ohio State, Maryland, Minnesota, Washington. By QBR, that was his second best game outside of the Wisconsin game. His passer rating against Michigan was a 121.2, which was better than the Ohio State game, Maryland game, Minnesota game, and and an Akron game. So Peyton Thorne did what he could do. He had a long scramble of 12 against Michigan. He had two rushing yards against Michigan. He completed 56.7% of his passes. His one interception came late in the fourth quarter when Michigan State really had to start. They had to start taking risks. And that's what that's really what Michigan does this year with running the football, having their stout defense. Michigan isn't a team that has trouble, you know, getting it in the red zone. They have trouble scoring touchdowns in the red zone. They very well can get in the red zone pretty easily. I mean, Brad Robbins only punted once against the Spartans. Brad Robbins didn't punt at all versus Penn State. The problem isn't getting in the red zone for Michigan. Michigan very well with their run game, and even with their pass game can get in the red zone. The problem is when the field shrinks, when the defense compacts itself, Michigan can't score touchdowns in the red zone. Which means, for Michigan, it's a problem when you face elite teams. When you're facing even good or great teams, though, 
who don't necessarily have amazing offensive production or talent to wear down your defense or to open wide open holes in your defense, Michigan slowly, like like an, like an anaconda, slowly constricts their opponents. That's what this Michigan team is. By pounding the football, great trench play, and it showed versus Michigan State. I mean, Michigan State couldn't run the football. Elijah Collins was the leader in rushing yards, seven carries for 22 yards. Overall, Michigan State ran for 37 yards on 1.6 yards per carry. Jalen Berger, I have no clue why he keeps getting the majority of the carries. He is, Elijah Collins is the better back. That's just my opinion, and I think the recent games have shown that. Berger had nine carries for 17 yards, not even two yards per carry, and he had a long of seven. Jaden Reed, one carry for 17 yards on a jet sweep end around. He also had 17 receiving yards on four receptions. Keon Coleman being the best receiver by far in this game. I think he might be emerging himself as one of the as the best wide receiver overall for Michigan State, with just Reed being banged up this year and how Reed is played when he is healthy. Michigan is on track to go 11-0 entering Columbus. That I have next to no doubt in. Rutgers, as long as Michigan doesn't overlook them or Nebraska, Michigan should be totally safe against those two teams to go 10-0 in their matchup against Illinois, who is 7-1 and will probably only have one loss entering that matchup in Ann Arbor, which is right before the Ohio State game. The fact that Michigan will have to play probably a great Illinois squad and then an elite Ohio State squad on the road after is a concern for me as a Michigan fan, but that's for a later video. Overall, Michigan was once again able to ground and pound through a Big Ten opponent. Absolutely the case. Blake Corum had two touchdowns, one rushing, one receiving, receiving touchdown of two yards. Blake Corum had 177 rushing yards, 5.4 yards per carry, one rushing touchdown. He only had a long of 17, though. You look at Michigan's rushing statistics, J.J. McCarthy had a long of 21, Donovan Edwards with a long of 9, C.J. Stokes with a long of 5, and Blake Corum with a long of 17. Michigan State never let Michigan get their big, explosive play on the ground which when Michigan gets huge chunks of yard on the ground, like they get 20, 30, 40, when they consistently get those yards on one carry, the game might as well be over in Michigan's favor. But Michigan State didn't let Michigan did that. And that is what, that's how you get Michigan, saying this as a Wolverine fan, to kick field goals instead of touchdowns. You let them get down the field slowly, non-explosive plays, and then when the field shortens and it's harder to get those big plays, Michigan gets stuck. And luckily, as a Michigan fan, we don't have Connor Culp or Chase Contreras as our kickers because then we probably wouldn't be 8-0, or we would be, but a very ugly 8-0. We have Jake Moody. Jake Moody being an All-American NFL kicker. Michigan's offense has consistently had issues in the red zone. The pass game looks to be off. J.J. McCarthy, some of his decisions, some of the balls he throws are very questionable. 
I look at his what he's able to do on the ground, which Cade couldn't do, and I'm just making the comparison because I think it's appropriate to compare this Michigan squad to last year's Michigan squad. I really like McCarthy as a quarterback. I think he is the best option at quarterback, and I think that this season will be the best season for a Michigan quarterback in the Jim Harbaugh era outside of maybe Jake Rudock, and I say that because Rudock didn't have nearly the same supporting cast on offense that J.J. McCarthy did. And maybe there's an argument for 2018 Shea Patterson. I don't know. But statistically, J.J. McCarthy continues to impress me. 1,464 passing yards, 10 passing touchdowns, 2 interceptions, a 79.1 QB rating, which is 16th in the nation, and a 164.5 passer rating. He's only been sacked 5 times, and he has nearly 200 rushing yards, 197 to be specific, 5.6 yards per carry, and 1 rushing touchdown. And Blake Corum, that offensive line is the best in the nation, and Blake Corum, I think, is the best running back in the nation. I think that he's broke the 1,000-yard mark, he has 14 rushing touchdowns, one receiving touchdown, and no matter what, I mean, in, in that game, Michigan State, they would get tons and tons of bodies on him, and he would still be churning forward, twisting, turning, juking, fighting for extra yards. A lot of people were asking where Michigan would find a Hassan Haskins. Blake Corum has kind of taken that on. He's added the power element and just that raw churning of the legs, never giving up. And he's added that with his shifty speed. And I think that makes him the best running back in the nation. And it helps him, too, that he has one of the nation's best, if not the nation's best offensive line. Speaking of offensive lines, Michigan State's is just terrible. Like, the defense isn't even the problem. The defense was not the problem this game. If Michigan State had an offensive line, if Michigan State had an offensive line in Kenneth Walker, they might have won this game. The defense did its job. Michigan State's defense isn't going to be able to hold a team who just has, factually, more raw talent, more star talent, and good trench play. They're not going to be able to hold a team like that with the talent they have on defense to under four touchdowns, to like under 28 to 24 points. They're not going to be able to do that. That's best case scenario. Michigan State's defense, given their lack of production on offense, did its best job. Absolutely did its best job. The offensive line, I don't don't even know what to tell you. Allowing Michigan to hold you to 1.6 yards per carry, allowing Michigan to sack Thorne two times, tackle Spartan players seven times for loss. I don't know what to tell you. It's just not a good offensive line. You look at Peyton Thorne statistically, and he's regressed from last year. Part of that has to do, I think, with Walker, because how critical he was to the system. Another part, I think, of that has to do with his offensive line as well. He's been sacked 14 times this season. His mobility helps, I think, pad how many times he's been sacked, if that makes sense, because he can, you know, escape the pocket, use his legs. This offensive line just isn't good at all. 
And the fact that Thorne has had 40 rushing attempts, but only 15 rushing yards for 0.4 yards per carry, whereas last year he had 181 rushing yards with 82 attempts and four rushing touchdowns, he just doesn't he doesn't have an offensive line. It's an offensive line that's worse than last year's unit, and it doesn't help that his team can't run the football, in part because the offensive line, but also in part because the running backs have they've regressed. They are not Kenneth Walker, not even close. Elijah Collins, then probably a mix between Jalen Berger and Jarek Broussard for second place in that locker room for running backs. The defense, again, played their best game, best game of the season. They kept Michigan within striking distance until that final Michigan rushing touchdown of four yards by Blake Corum. And Mel Tucker is in danger of having a second losing season. And the first one, you cannot hold against him. It's COVID. The fact that he won two games in 2020 with the roster he had and the time he had to assemble that roster is impressive. This season, though, if they have a losing record, you can hold it against him. It's year three, year two slash two and a half if you you know, want to give mercies for COVID, which Jim Harbaugh, I don't necessarily give him mercies for his two and four year, but that's because he was in year six. Yeah, I think year six in 2020, which is different from Mel Tucker having year one in 2020. Totally, totally different story. Michigan State, though, with the way they played against Michigan, they can probably be in every game or win every game left on their schedule, if I'm being honest. Penn State will be tough. Illinois will be tough. But I do expect them to beat Rutgers and to beat Indiana with how Michigan State played against my Wolverines on the road yesterday. And that right there is all I have to say for this video. If you liked it, please hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, click the notification bell, and comment your thoughts on this video down below. And if you're listening on Spotify, make sure to follow the channel. Thank you for watching, and I'll see you guys around. Bye.